Peace, family, and thank you for tuning in to Understanding the Nursing Game podcast. Many people are looking for financial help while in college. I would love to present the Thelma Lee McKenzie Nursing Scholarship. It was designed for nursing students at the University of South Alabama. You must have a 3.0 GPA and have graduated from a high school within Washington or Clark County in the state of Alabama. If anybody have any more questions about this scholarship, please call Rebecca Baker at 251-341-3721. Peace, family. We back on again, understanding the nursing game with Barry Coleman and Shawana Obi. How you doing, Shawana? You you doing I'm fine good. today? I'm good today. Okay, okay. Now you told me you were going to get your nails done. What all you getting done now? Let me put my business on. Hey, that's a right. gel that's manicure. Right. That's all. Just oh. gel manicure. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Then ain't nothing wrong with that. Sure. Mm-hmm. I like to get a pedicure when I go. So I was just wondering what you're gonna what you gonna do. You don't let them rub on your feet. You know, I do every now and then. Usually, I just don't have the time to get both done, or the patience probably is what I should say. So oh, yeah, okay. usually I just sit there and get my nails done and then go on about my business. Oh, okay, okay then. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I have to go because uh my left bad ankle. I don't want to go to physical therapy. So the nail salon is where I go to get my foot pedicure. And man, I see them women, them women up and down when they get their hands and feet, they be, they look like they be falling asleep and everything. It's so relaxing. <laughs> it is. You don't ever go get massages though, like just for your, since you don't want to do physical therapy? I normally get massages when I'm like out of town. When I go out of town, I stay at a nice hotel or something. Uh-huh. And then, then I go ahead and get a massage thing. Those cost and, too um, much in a hotel. I they all, but it's called it's called it's called living life. Okay. Yeah, you go and you just go ahead. Hey, you gonna call them up about a hundred dollars or a hundred fifty for a couple okay. or something like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah you can afford that. That's not girl. too bad. Yeah. Nah, nah. For nah, whole, nah. for how long? Sixty minutes. For hour. Yeah, for okay. hour. Long enough for you to enjoy. I think that's a good deal. But um, yes. Uh, I would love to um pronounce that we got a sponsor for this. Episode. Shawana would like to tell us about our sponsor. Yes. So the sponsor is once again You Defined, which is an aesthetics and wellness place here in Las Vegas where I am the owner and we offer services in Botox, fillers, PRP facials, microneedling, PRP hair restoration. Actually, I also do health coaching, which I can do virtually. So yeah, I'm excited. For this venture of mine and really excited about the idea of helping people to feel better about themselves and look better as well. Now, I got a question about that. Now, you said the health consultation? Health coaching, yep. Oh, health coaching. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that free? It is or not. You, nothing that I it do is, is not. free. Okay. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. I just want no, to know. No, somebody I appreciate probably, your question. Yeah. Yeah, somebody probably want to know, you know, is it free? How much it charge? How long is it going to last? You know, tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about that. 
Okay. As you know, very well, I'm very, um, like health is one of health and wellness is one of my passions and just enriching my life and others with a healthy lifestyle. So health coaching involves, you know, making meal or dietary changes and figuring out what works best for each individual. And then also just coming up with a workout routine and something that fits into each person's lifestyle. So one, it's not one size fits all. Everything is different for everybody. So it's mostly focusing on coming up with lifestyle changes that are easily adaptable to each individual. Okay. Okay. Now, if somebody was to say, you know what? I would love for Shawana to give me a health coach. I'll be my health coach. How can mm-hmm. they sign how can they sign up to be uh, for you to be their health coach? So my website is it's www.udefinevegas.com and you can go on there. There's an option on the bottom for will email me or schedule a consultation and then we could do it via FaceTime or just an online phone call so that we could discuss goals and outcomes. Okay. Hey, that sounds mm-hmm. good right there. Well, hey, I yeah. surely appreciate you for all of that uh, information. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure somebody will be calling. We already got mm-hmm. Dr. Thompson on way, saying she's going to come out to uh, Las Vegas. That's and, right. Uh, yeah, she said it. She said Dr. Thompson said she's going to do it. So, hey, mm-hmm. I'm going to hold her to her word. She's going to come out there and help you promote your business. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we're going to gravitate to a quote of the day. A wise man can play the part of a clown, but a clown can't play the part of a wise man. Shawana, who do you think said that? Is it Malcolm X? Man, hey, that guy right there, man, he, he's full of gems, as the young folks say. I like to call Is that what guys. they say? Yeah, it, I guess that's what the young folks, I heard the young folks say, he's full of gems. <laughs> hey, that man, hey, that man said a uh, uh, smart man can play dumb, but a dumb man can't play smart. Hey, yeah, I'm going to be honest true. with you. Hey, that's too true. Man, folks be trying to play you like you dumb, and then you show them that you smart. Oh, man, it's a whole new game. It's almost like the rabbit got the gun then. Ain't no fun yes. then. Ain't no fun. But, uh, yes, uh, I would like to give a shout-out to my favorite winery in the whole wide world, mm-hmm. the K-Bridge Cellars. Mm-hmm. I'm over here drinking this Pinot. Man, that Pinot is pretty good. Shawana, you drank that Pinot? I did. I told you. Yep. Oh, you showed me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But hey, that Pinot will have you uh, twisted early, early in your day. It don't take maybe, maybe a cup or two. And then, boy, you just you just swimming along. You just floating in the water. Oh, Ain't gosh. nobody there to say. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's go ahead and get to the topic now. The topic for today, uh, one of them, is the importance of networking. Now, man, I'm just being honest with you. I thought I knew the uh, importance of networking before I got into the operating room. But now that I have gotten older, I think that's the only way I can do business. It's networking? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because on the standpoint of, man, it just makes things a lot easier for you when you got somebody that's willing to vouch for you. That is true. And when you know people in the right places. I kind of developed a saying, you know, not only do I want to have the key to the gate, but I want to know the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. Cause you, and I, and I say that on the standpoint of I can apply for a nursing job for nine times out of ten. I can apply for the operating room job. But if I know the operating room manager, it makes it so much better. Mm-hmm. 
it, it increasing your chances of getting a job, aka providing for your family, aka yeah. just living a better lifestyle to know people in high places. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. Yeah, I, I have um just to give you a little homework on me, a little bedroom. I wanted to get into the operating room back when I was in nursing school. I got I graduated. And then um, I went to this one manager. He was over over the uh, operating room, and um, I was came to him. Hey man, you know uh, I want to be in the operating room. Blah blah blah. You know th- this, that, and the third. He was like, "Well, you know, we'd like to have nurses with with experience." I'm like, "Okay, well, I don't have any experience. I, I'm willing to learn, but you know, how do a nurse if they don't have experience? How do they gain experience?" He mm-hmm. said, well, you know, you, you have to go somewhere else, this, that, and the third. Basically, you allude to, hey, hey, you ain't going to get this job, man. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, about six to seven months later, I see a new person in the, and, you know, a new person. Hey, man, how you doing? You know, it, it's, a, it's a fella. Hey, man, how you doing? What department you work in? Oh, man, I work in surgery. What, what you know, how many years of experience you got? I'm trying to do a survey. Mm-hmm. Oh well, man, I'm I'm straight out of school, man. Um, uh, I'd been a nurse for a year or so, but you know I don't have no operating room experience. I said, "What? Yeah, man, I just so happened to uh, I know the manager. He go to my church or whatever. So you know, my mama, my mama kind of you know talked to him or whatever, and you know they decided to give me a job. I said, "Hey, hey, whoa, I, I, hey, can you get me in now? You think you get me? I said, I don't know if I can get you in now, but you know." Hey, we'll see what happened. Long story short, I never got a job. Mm -hmm. So I fast forward, I fast forward about a year. I went and joined the Association of Operating Room Nurses. Mm -hmm. I would tell anybody, whatever your specialty is, join the association. Mm -hmm. They're going to send you, you know, they're going to send you emails. They're going to send you a magazine. Read the magazine. Mm They're going to keep you abreast to what's important in your specialty, mm-hmm. all right? So I, I joined the Association of Operating Room Nurses. They seen, they seen the magazine, this, that, and the third. I did that. And some said, hey, man, reach out to the website. You know, reach out to the chapter coordinator. That's the person that's over all the chapters in America. Mm-hmm. I reached out I reached out to her and told her, hey, I wanted to move to Nashville or either Orlando. You know that woman, she got me in like a CC me in an email with the president of Nashville uh, operating room nursing and the president of the Orlando operating room nursing. She CC mm-hmm. me in the email, say, hey, you know, hey, this guy right here is a member, AORN member. He want to get in the operating room. And that's how I got into the operating room. The the lady, her name, uh, Sydney Kilgore, Dr. Sydney Kilgore. She's over Vanderbilt operating room and she just exchanged emails and she invited me up to Nashville to a chapter meeting. And I actually went up there and we talked and she, she told me, hey, put my own application in. And that's how I got into the internship at Vanderbilt. Okay. A lot of people don't don't really know how to network. Mm-hmm. Especially if they don't um they don't know um anybody in there. They just, yeah. uh, you know, they just kind of like, you know, us as black folk, we, we like to uh, say, well, you know, who you know, we like to say who you know, and this, that, and the third, which we don't know nobody. But then they don't never ask, how, how can I get to know this person? 
Okay, it take a, a certain level of ambition that we more times than not um, don't have within us. That is very true. Yeah, I know for anesthesia school, I think I applied like earlier than I felt like I should. And then I started, what did I do? I think I just started like doing an internet search of, of the interview questions of how the interview was. And I ended up stumbling across a forum that a student that was currently in the anesthesia program at the school that I went in had posted something and I reached Mm. out to him and we emailed and he was, you know, just kind of gave me a heads up about the interview process and the type of questions to expect and everything. So before my interview, I studied um, based off of what he told me. And then I met him when I went for my interview and I felt very well prepared based just from what he told me and from what I'd researched and about how to answer the questions. And um, this is the only anesthesia school interview that I went on, the only school that I applied to and I got in. Um, And I don't, I think that if I had not researched and if I had not reached out to him to kind of see how things went, I don't know that I would have been as well prepared for the interview as I was. Man, I didn't know that. I I remember I was going to, I wanted you to speak on um, your neighbor being the manager. Oh, yeah, that, that was, too. Yeah, that too. I was like, man, I didn't know that he had reached out to you. He What semester was he in? He was, I think he graduated that year. The, he was a year ahead of, ahead of me. So he graduated. I started in August. He graduated that next December, if I'm not mistaken. Prior to that, when I was working in the ICU and getting my ICU experience, yeah, my neighbor just happened to be the manager of the ICU. And, you know, usually most places, the ICU is the hardest area to get into. Yeah, but yeah, just in my neighbor and I, we, I knew he was my neighbor, you know, but we weren't close then. And he, um, you know, the reason that I moved back home was because my stepfather had passed away and my mom was by herself then. So I moved back home just to kind of be there with her. And he was the manager on that unit when my stepfather passed away and he recognized my stepfather. So then I think, I don't remember how, I think when I told my mom that I was going to move back home, she reminded me that he was the manager there. And I don't remember if I walked down to the house to talk to him before my interview or not, but I know that the fact that my stepfather had passed away in his unit probably played a big role in him hiring me also. But mm. that, and I mean, like we just kind of clicked right away and we're, we're very close the whole time that I was working there. But yeah, like just knowing him and I mean, yeah, I hate to say it, you have to suck up to people too. Like you, things don't just come. They don't come easy. You definitely have to do <laughs> some. You got to put some work into it in a genuine way, you know, because this is something that you want. So I say suck up, but I don't, not really. Um, but yeah, just be genuine about what you want and let people know what you want. Like I told him when I, I didn't tell the people that, because it was a panel interview. So I didn't tell everyone what my goal was, but I told him, I was like, you know, Hey, my goal is to work here get the ICU experience that I need and then go on to anesthesia school. I don't want you to be surprised when after a year and a half, two years, I'm like, okay, peace out. I'm, I've done what I need to do here. So I let him know that up front. So going into it, he knew what I wanted to do, which I don't recommend that. I told him because he was also a friend, but yeah, I don't recommend that you go into the unit telling people 
what your goals that you want to go to anesthesia school because it's usually frowned upon because then it's such a high turnover rate. Although, I mean, I don't feel like anybody should stay in the ICU for a long amount of time either, just because it's very easy to get burned out. I'm going to say this. When you meet people, you have to be a well-rounded uh, individual. Yes. Um, and, and what I mean by that is you have to be, you got to have a broad spectrum of interests mm-hmm. so that when you're in conversation with them and they say something that they particularly like, then you can um, have a conversation with them. Right. And the, the more you have and the more engaging your conversation is, the more they probably going to like you. Individuals like other individuals that like the same thing that they like. You got yeah. to have sim- similar interests. If you have similar, it's a higher probability that that person is going to like you because they can mm-hmm. engage in conversation with you. They feel like they get they have the same thought process as you. Yeah. So they're not they're not they don't feel threatened by you because you know oh it's just Barry he he cool he got you know he like the same stuff I like he can't be a mm-hmm. bad person because of, because of that. Uh, more likely, he's not a bad person because of that. So, you mm-hmm. know, that's just something that you have to keep in mind. You have to learn about everything. Be open to to, to just soak in everything. As far as, uh, you know, you can go on Yahoo, keep yourself abreast to what's going on in the world, politics, sports. And then, and, you know, you did it with uh, women. They like, to, they like to talk about kids and stuff like that. It just, hopefully yeah. you have some type of overlapping um interest with the other person and you know more times than not y'all can click mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and sometimes I mean just to click with someone you might have to fake it just a little bit until you make it because you're not always going to have the same interest you might not come across anything that you have in common but at least be interested in the other person at least you know show some interest and strike up a conversation you'd be surprised in how far it could go I agree with that. You know, everybody don't. It's a learned art to fake it until mm-hmm. you make it. That's yeah, a that's it a learned art. And, and you know, um, no interaction or no relationship is perfect. So mm-hmm. you know, you you might get in those circumstances where you really want to do something, but the person that over it, you know, you might not like them. So mm-hmm. you have to learn how to um hide your emotion to where you can get some out of the situation. Right. So, uh, and they come with experience and they come with um, working in different environments so that you can mm-hmm. fine tune that. I'm still mm-hmm. working on that myself. Um, I mean, as far as me, I'm, I'm so easy going. I'm a, I'm a very easy going guy. So it's rare for me to interact with someone that I don't like. But when I do interact with someone that I don't like in nursing, I just make sure I be on my P's and Q's at all mm-hmm. times. I got it. I got in. I'm gonna say this when you're on med surge, because a lot of nurses gonna come out and they be and they're a new nurse and they're gonna go to the floor. When you go to the floor and you get a report to someone that you may not like or someone that you know gonna fact check everything, make sure you document everything. And then if you want back up, let your charge nurse know the situation. Mm-hmm. That way you got more than one person fighting in your favor. Yeah, cause you you'll have people come in behind you, and they will um uh, they'll be looking like let's just say your patient having um peed the whole unit uh whole shifts twelve hours, so they looking like hey you know did you bladder scan them, did you uh did you call the doctor, things of that nature. 
Now, mm-hmm. if you inform if you inform the doctor, go ahead and, and do a progress note or whatever the case is. If you did a bladder scan, you know, you do that. If it, you know, whatever the criteria is, just make mm-hmm. sure you you document and chart behind yourself so that when right. they raise that they raise that question in report, you just go straight to the to the uh, computer software, whatever it is, and you just show them. And that'll that'll kind of like graze things over. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point, too. It's just, I guess, CYA is the best way to put it. But yeah, yeah and uh, I think in anything healthcare, you just have to make sure that your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed and um, that everything is very well documented. Right, right. I, I totally agree with that. The second topic we're going to get to today is uh, called giving back. I want to uh, speak on this just because um, I have a scholarship. Let's go ahead. Just go ahead and put it on out there. Got a scholarship. I'm a. I'm gonna give everybody the backdrop. Then I'm gonna leave McKenzie. That's that's my uh, grandma. She uh, died back in 2006. When she died, it was November the first. My mama called me early in the morning. My mama never called me. In the, mm-hmm. Back then, she she never did call me early in the morning. She called me, and I kind of knew something was up. I can't remember. I can't remember what I said, but I said something like, "What's going on? Some something, something going on." You called me this early in the morning, and you know she kind of let me know, you know what time it was, and um, uh, you know it was a uh, very um uh, very uh downtime for me because um you know I'm just like everybody, especially down south. You know you love your grandmama, but shit, when when she gone, hey, it just it take on a whole new meaning. She used to cook uh collard greens. Oh uh, man. I used to love a collard green. She used to say, I always have a pot of collard greens. You mm-hmm. walk through the door, you smell the collard green. She up in there cooking in the kitchen. She's sitting on her recliner cutting up some collard greens. I could see her not doing it. I moved out to fast forward, you know, eight, 13 years from then. I moved out uh, 12 years from then. I moved to uh, out here to the Bay Area and I started working it. And um, it was a black guy came in. He used to play the band. He was supposed to get a, let me rewind. He was supposed to get a hip surgery. Supposed to get a, you know, get his uh, hip, a rod put in his hip. Cause he had fell and broke his hip. Now the bad story is he was in a band and he, um he was in a band and he tripped over the cord and fell on stage. So yeah, that's what I said. And he out there, man, he made his way to the hospital or whatever. We, um, Got ready. We went on there talking. We went on the doctor because he he was at a different uh, place, and um, mm-hmm. man did that. And he um, we were just laughing and talking. I'm talking about we waited a good hour or two before the um, for the surgery, and mm-hmm. we just over there laughing and talking and stuff like that. And his uh, girlfriend at the time, you know, she was talking and whatever. She was like, you know, I asked no, you know, why y'all ain't married or whatever. She, they were like, they both had been married or whatever. They was, you know, just living life, man. Enjoying each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was like, yeah, I just, um, you know, I just love them to death, this, that, and the thing. You know, you never know when the last time going to be. You know, I just, uh, I just appreciate him, him just about uh, taking care of me all these years. All right. Fast forward. The doctor come, surgery pilot show up. We get ready to roll to the, um, to the operating room. He get ready. Man, we hey, we we put the man to sleep. We going over there. We trying to, you know, get him ready for positioning and stuff like that. 
uh, the anesthesiologist is like, hey, you know, we might need to slow up a little while. Come to find out the man, but the blood pressure was down. Everything was just looking bad. Mm-hmm. Basically, basically, two days later, he died. He ended up dying. So, uh, man, it was just a very touching moment for me. And that's the reason why I started the scholarship. Because I was going to wait. I was going to wait till I got to 50, you know, 60 years old, just like most mm-hmm. other donors, 40, 40 mm-hmm. 50, 60 years old. You know, I get a couple of things in order. And then I yeah. thought about it. After that, I was like, man, you know what? I ain't promised tomorrow. I'm not promised no. tomorrow, man. Mm-hmm. Anything liable to happen. So that's when I made my phone call to the University of South Alabama, and they, um, they helped me get the scholarship started in my grandmother's name. And mm-hmm. so, man, I, I say all of that to say this. Um, since I gave some money back to them, man, I have gotten a lot back in return. I'm talking about just all across the board. Now, I only do, mm-hmm. you know, I can I can make phone call phone call to the school. You know, now on the day I can um I'm able to interact with probably students that I probably wouldn't be able to interact with because I can uh, email the right person. They can put me in front of the students, and they mm-hmm. can uh, t- uh you know enlighten them as to who I am and things of that nature. In which they want to, they want to, uh, they want to know about me. To be honest with you, they just want to know mm-hmm. about you know. They hear about making you know travel nursing money or you know working in California and stuff like that. So you know, it just um, I get a I get a chance to give back to those that's in need of knowledge. Yeah, and so um, it's just a very uh, rewarding uh, and uh, promising opportunity that um. Once you give, man, you're going to get more back in return. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Way more. I agree. Yeah, so. I know um, that's something that my husband and I talk about often also is, um, you know, just kind of giving freely. And I know, like, I don't tithe like I used to, especially now that we don't go to church. Um, I mean, we still do church online, but I guess not being seated in church when the collection basket comes around, I just don't tithe. But I know that when I did tithe religiously, um, like I was supposed to, like I was never hurting for anything like that. And even now, you know, if, if I tip or if somebody just does something, like when I go get pump gas at Sam's club, there's the guy out there for whatever reason, he just always comes around and he'll let me sit in the car and he'll pump the gas. And, you know, um, and you know, most, people don't always need money, but like, that's just what we have. And, you know, I just always hand him a little bit of money. And I know that he's not doing it for that reason, but people appreciate that you feel good about yourself. And like that response that you get in your brain from giving, it's just one of those things that makes you want to do it more. And yeah, Barry, like at your young age, and I've told you this before, I just think I'm like very impressed by what you're doing this country boy from Alabama um, and what you're doing and how you're giving back. So um, yeah, kudos to you for how hard you work to make sure that you do give back. I appreciate that. I just, oh uh, man, I look at it like this. I wish somebody would have, um, would have um, give it to me. Like I'm mm-hmm. um, uh, being available. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to tell you a little story. I was in my freshman year of college. It was a uh, pharmacist in uh, in my hometown, Jackson. My homeboy and I, uh, we had went out to Bishop State to play basketball, and we used to go by the the pharmacy and talk talk to the to the guy. Man, he had a good name. 
he was uh, not available for us. And what I mean by that is, if we was to, I I don't think we ever called him, but mm-hmm. he didn't really he didn't really give the notion that he wanted us to call. You know, okay. when you when, when you like eighteen, nineteen, you don't really know much. If somebody somebody you know um, kind of like reach out to you, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of you don't know the the gravity of the situation. Right. I'm, I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say this. I wish he would have reached out to us a little bit more. And kind of like, you know, vouch for us, show us the ropes. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you'd have, you'd have been through school, you trying to make it. Oh, where well, the kids are trying to make it, and you already made it. So, you know, you have to kind of like, I ain't going to say you're obligated, because you're not obligated to do anything. But mm-hmm. it's up to you how much you want to be involved. And yeah. I felt like at that time, I wanted to be a pharmacist. You know, you got somebody in your community look like you, and they mm-hmm. say they want to be a pharmacist, you know. Take them underneath your wing until they show you otherwise that they don't want to do this. Right. You know, take, take them under your wing. You already made it. I mean, nothing that, it's pretty much not, almost nothing that I could have done at 18 that would have stopped him from being paid every two weeks. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so what what are you losing? What are you losing here? And yeah. so that, that's why, especially with my students now, they can call me for whatever. Hey, you know, mm-hmm. it really don't matter. I'm a, shoot, I'm there for them. If I can't help you, hey, I'm gonna make a phone call to somebody. And we're mm-hmm. gonna get you we're gonna get you the appropriate help that you need so that you can be uh, successful. I think that definitely makes a big difference. And I also think like in the day and age that we live in, though, it I know that I'm very guilty of just being busy. Like I'm just I get myself involved in so many things and I'm running around and it's hard, you know, you know very That's well. Right. It's hard for me. It's so the hard focus. for me to, yeah, it's hard for me to commit because usually my plate is so full and even my husband has fussed at me about this before because I will like, you ask me to do something, I'll take on something else and I'm working on learning how to slow down a little bit and not, um, yeah, yeah. So like, I know that it is hard because Mom has asked me several times, like, Shawana, this person lives where you are. Reach out to them. I'm like, okay, mama, or somebody else. Reach out. See if they want to go to church with you. I'm like, okay. And I never do because, like, just sometimes the thought of adding one more thing on is just, like, I don't want to do it. And it's even harder when it's a person. Like, adding on a task is one thing, but adding on, like, dealing with another person it is very hard for me and I know everybody might not feel this way but it's very hard for me just because then I feel like I'm putting myself out there and um someone else is expecting something else out of me um so it's hard for me to put myself out there for other people so I kind of I get it but I also know how important that is so I guess I can see it from both angles I'm I'm glad you said that I ain't never think about it like that uh, mm-hmm. Maybe I, maybe I was being too hard on him because I was just trying to find mm-hmm. my way. I was looking for take it easy on the man. Yeah, yeah, take it easy on the man, the man, <laughs> old man, hey, he older gentleman. <laughs> hey, take it easy on. But I'm, I, I, I harbored those feelings all the way to this point because I just felt like he could, he could have done more. I'm glad you said that he could have had some personal stuff going on at that yeah. very moment. To where, like, you know, I, I did reach out to him, but man, I can't, I can't, I can't really help you for real, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I and I shouldn't, um, I shouldn't have um hold it uh, against them. But, mm-hmm. but the thing is, though, in Jackson, Alabama, you don't get that many resources. 
So you that that's another thing. Like you you grow up in a a resource stricken environment, man. It just um when you do see a beacon of light, you be holding on to dear life to that thing because mm-hmm. uh you you just hoping and hoping that they will show you the way. You mm-hmm. know, I think back then I was just hoping that you know that individual showed me the way, but it never did uh materialize, which mm-hmm. is fine. I things still worked out for me. I think going forward, especially for me, and I'm holding myself responsible when the world open back up, mm-hmm. hopefully by mm-hmm. this by by fall 2021, yeah. um, I'm going to make myself uh, readily available to mm-hmm. every, every student, especially in jazz. I'm gonna start with jazz. Once mm-hmm. I get Jackson down, then I'm gonna expand my network. But I'm going yeah. straight to my hometown, making myself be known. Um, going to talk to some students. Hopefully, the principals and the superintendent mm-hmm. sign sign off on that, and uh, we can go. We can start there and um, just go from there. And mm-hmm. um, I, I I really, especially just in the Clark County, Washington County, that's a big enough test. Once I get it, get the base started off, then I can expand. Just for down there, I, I really want to, um, I really want, and it's not about me, it's just about me um, being a vessel to where I can um, be a shining light for somebody else that want to get out. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's always helpful to see people like coming from where they're from. Where you from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I think but, that's, it's good. Yeah. But hey, it's been a the episode. Hey, we're gonna get ready to call it quit. You can go ahead and get you a with Jill Medicare. Yep. <laughs> oh, yes, you go ahead and get your Jill mm-hmm. Medicare, and uh, we'll be back on here, here soon. Mm-hmm.